All right, guys, welcome back to Sports Cards Nonsense, the best podcast on the planet on the Ringer Network. This is episode number three. Lost is that official? Did we get that title already? I'm recording and I said it, so it's as official as going to get in this room. I'll take Appreciate it. you guys tuning back in. I am Mike Giuseppe, the little man on this side of the screen. The other, I guess I can't call you not so little man because people <laughs> thought I was making a fat joke, which is offensive to me. So I cried all last episode as I watched it. Yeah, you weren't thrilled. No, I can already tell you're bringing the energy today. You got a fancy haircut. If you don't watch on the YouTube channel, I would suggest doing it. His lighting makes him look ghostly, but that haircut is on point. I did not get a haircut. I got them all cut, Mike. There you go. Look at that. That's the wit we're talking about. All right, guys. <laughs> Interesting show today, hopefully. A big picture. Obviously, we're talking Super Bowl. It's coming up in a few days. Uh, my boy Brady is in it, so we're going to talk that. We are going to do a little bit of a deep dive this week to MLB prospect and rookie talk. You guys have kind of a lot of the emails requesting, hey, Let's dig a little bit deeper into some of this stuff, so we'll do that. We've got the buy-sell segment, a couple of mailbag questions. One of them is actually featuring a donkey. I use the oh, word donkey every segment. Burro? Like a burro. I've used that every <laughs> show so far, and I will continue to. For sure. Uh, we have a 101 this week as well, like we've done, kind of breaking down some terms. We'll have a couple other segments. I gave Jesse his own segment at the end of the show, so if anything needs to be cut, it will be that. Oh, God. Notice strategically placed at the end. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. <laughs> Let's just jump right in. Big picture. What do we got? All right. We have Mr. Tom Brady's Super Bowl prediction. What do you got? I'm going to throw this right back to you. The line. I don't know if you remember this. We're both one and one. We've made two predictions on this. Yes. We predicted the Bucks. I'm 100% and the Bills. right. The Chiefs are minus three. I know you know what that is now. I do, do. Who are you taking in the big game? This is why people are tuned in, by the way. This is the only reason people don't listen panic. for my predictions. Shut up, Mike. You're always talking. Um, I, I mean, is there any question that Tom Brady is going to win and officially have more wins than any franchise put together? He's going Brady, so you're taking the bucks and the points. Absolutely. You're getting three. By, how nervous are you? By me saying that, are you now in fear of them losing? 50-50. So I will tell you how not in fear. I have decided to hedge my bets. I'm not betting, but hedge my positions and cards. I've sold off all my Patrick Mahomes stuff. I am done. Sold off my last two Optic rookies yesterday. I had some Prism PSA 10s as well. Everything Mahomes is out of the house I don't believe in luck or fortune or any of that other type of nonsense, but I wanted nothing to do with Mahomes in the house. This house will be nothing but Brady. This is me, a Brady household. Me, the dog Brady, everything Brady in the household. I'm going with it. I'm, I'm done doubting. I'm going Bucks to win the Super Bowl. Brady's seventh ring. 
so how does that relate to the card world? Just a couple things. I'll say this. Brady stuff, like we said last week, is already grail Michael Jordan level. It's not going anywhere. Win or lose, it doesn't matter. I don't care if he throws 19 picks. The guy's stuff is not moving. If he wins, and I, I actually think he's going to now, I think we're going to see his stuff take even another bump. Something we've never seen in that sport before, a seventh Super Bowl. Stuff is already on top of the world price-wise. The market is hotter now than it's ever been. I think you'll see Brady's stuff jump even more, especially his rookie stuff. That's really where the movement has been. So like we said last time, if you're looking to sell Brady's, I don't know why you would, but if you have to, I'd wait till after the game because I think no matter what, this is just a legacy thing. I know you said, okay, oh. worst case scenario, Brady doesn't win. That's not yep. going to happen, but whatever. If he doesn't win, do you expect there to actually be any kind of dip, really? I mean, with his Realistically, prowess? Realistically, 5% to 10%. And I'm basing this off the fact that a few years ago when they lost the Philadelphia Super Bowl, again, they had just come off the Atlanta win, they lost the Philly Super Bowl. It didn't really affect it. The hype, all the buildup leading up to it, basically just brought his prices back to maybe pre-AFC championship game level. But there's so much of a spike from where it was a month ago, a 10% dip, you're still way up from where the you're positions were. And if he mm-hmm. wins, I just, again, the market is stupid. And guys who are coming in right now, guys know who Brady is. The question we keep getting to, hey, I really want to get something for my kid. Who do I invest in right now? He's a football fan. Brady. I mean, Mahomes too. Mahomes is great, but Brady. Flip side of that, if Mahomes loses the game, he'll take a small dip. Again, his prices were already so high. He jumped again because he's going to back-to-back Super Bowls. No one is panicked selling Mahomes. But if he doesn't win the Super Bowl, he'll take the same thing, 10 to 15% small dip leading into the offseason. You know, hype coming into next season starting in July, August, his prices will jump right back up. So long-term, I don't think this really affects either one of them. The winner obviously will get a nice bump and will sustain that going forward. The one kind of wild card, two comments from you in the big picture. Two number them. two. No, no, no. I just have so guys are gonna ask, I do want to buy a Brady, but like you said, everything's skyrocketing. What is the average guy going to buy that is reasonably priced? So there are still lower end rookies out there, right? We talked a couple weeks ago, the Bowman Chrome rookie is kind of a flagship rookie card. That thing, and you only and in general, I like to stick with Brady rookie cards to be graded because there's people messing around with stuff. The money increases, you have some fakes, things that have been altered. But there are a number of his rookie cards, his impact rookie, his upper deck vintage rookie. So when I say rookie for Brady, always will be the year 2000. He has a number of just paper cards, paper rookie cards that are not overly expensive yet. Um, Press pass, he has rookies in. And some of those feature him in his Michigan uniform, the college uniform. So there's still affordable options out there to a degree. Uh, You know, Patriots uniform, anything is going to be quite a bit more expensive. But there's still some reasonable price stuff. If you search 2000 Tom Brady stuff, you can find things to buy. And it'll be the trickle down. The high end stuff is obviously going to jump, but the lower end stuff will slowly, slowly kind of tick up as well. So I do like that. So Brady Mahomes, again, I don't think this is a make or break game for either one of them. I will say this. The one other thing I think was interesting, kind of a long shot hobby jump spike in price. I'm going Gronk. Gronkowski, to me, is the greatest tight end of all time. Tony Gonzalez stats are so insane. He's, He's the greatest, but Gronk at his height was the greatest tight end I've ever seen and that the game has ever seen, quite frankly. He has been quiet all season. He's been quiet in the playoffs. He's been quiet everywhere. I actually think we might see a little vintage Gronk. Two or three of those just deep seam routes that he's known for. Maybe a touchdown or two. Either way, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. I don't hate the play of a Gronk 2010 Panini Contenders rookie autograph. He's got two versions, one in the blue jersey, one in the white. As opposed to PSA, I actually like that card as a BGS. 
So Beckett graded a 9.510. So a gem mint is going to run you about 550 right now. I don't hate the play. I I, I, don't, I wouldn't be shocked if you retired either coming back this year. If they won the game, win or lose, I actually wouldn't be shocked if you retired. But if you're looking for like the non-quarterback pick who might impact it, I don't hate the I don't hate the Gronk play with his contenders rookie autograph. So why do you say that? Why do you say BGS instead of PSA? I just like the look of BGS for some modern autographs like that. Plus, they grade the autograph separate. PSA will do that. I just don't love the look of that holder with the two grades. I kind of like yeah. this a little better. So yeah, I'd go with that. Cool. Brady's gonna win. That's all you need to know. Period. We could literally stop the show right now. Contractually, we can't. I'm almost willing to forego the money for this episode. You heard when that, everybody. Brady wins, I might even just move Gary V next Tuesday. Hey, Gary, appreciate you coming <laughs> in. I'm not comfortable with a Jets fan on a show two days after Brady wins his seventh. But we'll talk about that later. We'll, we'll, well, me and GV will discuss that. Oh, is that you guys are on first initials basis now? Wow. Next subject. Here we go. MLB prospect rookie talk. I'm going to jump in as little as possible here, but I was hoping you were going to do the opposite, but that's fine. (laughs) So uh, again, guys have kind of said, Hey, you talk about Brady, you talk about Mahomes, Jordan, you know, Griffey, you talk about the big guys. What is like some deep dive stuff? A lot of the audience is new, but we also have a pretty good following from the response we've gotten of guys who are, who are already in the hobby. So guys who are already familiar with the prospect in the rookie game. So there's a number of guys to me, young guys, I think are good and bad buys. So off the bat, Jordan Alvarez for the Astros. Two years ago, had an awesome season, hit a ton of home runs. He has wicked power. Last year, struggled, and he had injuries. The team is also coming off that scandal, the sign-stealing nonsense. I like Jordan coming back healthy. Again, big market, good team. Dude's got a wicked bat. I like Jordan. Vlad Guerrero Jr. up in Toronto, I love. Uh, For the simple fact that people saw his workout pictures, he came back in shape, and that was enough to cause some hype and bump his prices about a month ago. He's another guy. He's like a softball player. When he hits a home run, he hits towering home runs. I think we'll see stretches during the season, especially early on when pitchers aren't used to him, where Vlad's going to have some serious power. So I like the Vlad rookie card play as well. As so, far as specifics too, let me just set this to, and you're getting ready to ask a dumb question, it looks like. So yeah. when it comes to actual rookie cards, I'm just going to say this. If you're in the prospect space, you know what cards you're buying. So buy some flagships type stuff. Tops paper base rookies i love and obviously first bowman chrome autos so that's what i would tell you to stick with when it comes to prospect depending on your price point okay the question is this is going to be the number one question we get about this segment okay i don't know anything about prospect where do i go to start looking into it i'll be honest with you if you don't know anything about the prospect market this is not a great if you don't know anything about the prospects because a lot of these guys are young guys and still playing minor league ball not the first two but the number of the next ones this is another thing. I say this every week and everybody thinks it's boring. You would have to really get into some of this research. I would say specifically, if you want to pick one or two names here, hey, are they going to be in line for a promotion to get called up to double or triple A? What are the rumors about them making a big league appearance this year? What was their ranking on the MLB top 100 prospect list? A lot of that will factor into the pricing and the hype around these guys. Those top two guys are already, they're not prospects anymore. They're rookies and not even rookies. They've been in the league a little bit. Um, but yeah, the prospect market's a weird thing. It's super volatile as well. The spikes and the dips are crazy. So I, I'm not a big fan. If you're coming into the hobby, I wouldn't mess around. There's, there's plenty of other spaces for money. I wouldn't, I honestly just tune out the next five minutes of this episode. There you go. That's good for ratings. <laughs> Do Don't not stop the next telling people that. Next guy on the list, Joe Adele. I love Joe Adele. Talent wise, I think he's a four to five tool player out in Anaheim. He's got Trout and Rendon to protect him in that lineup. Doesn't have real high expectations because he had a, a really weak start to the season last year, but I actually really like Joe Adell this year. Uh, defensively, he's pretty good. He had some blunders early. I think it just killed his confidence. I really like the Joe Adell uh, prospect play for this upcoming season. 
Andrew Vaughn for the White Sox. They uh, actually had, an, uh, I think it was on Roto World or MLB.com. He's going to come up either at the beginning of the season or very early and play some DH. So in the bigs, he's already a highly touted prospect and talent. That guy gets a promotion. It's a big jump. I think Vaughn, again, one or two games, volatile market. I think there's a play there to make money. Wander Franco, it doesn't seem like he's going to start the year for the Rays, but it sounds like he'll be up early in 2021. He's also coming off being ranked the number one prospect on the MLB Top 100 list, and he's a ball. I mean, the kid can play. I think that's a good buy as well. He's already expensive to get in at, but a guy like that coming up, first time he has three hits in the game, his stuff's going to jump. I, I like the Wander play. J-Rod, next two guys are both Seattle Mariners prospects. Julio Rodriguez, I love. I think Julio Rodriguez might be the most talented pick from the 2019 draft, quite frankly. He is an absolute star. He might have been 2018. 2018, 2019, whatever. His rookie auto is a 2019 Bowman card. I love Julio Rodriguez. I think J-Rod is a stud, hits powering home runs. Coming off the wrist injury, it looks like he's back and going to be fine, so I like that. Their other prospect, Jared Kalenic. They were ranking him on the Seattle Mariners website as the fifth greatest prospect in their history in terms of on-field, behind guys like Griffey, A-Rod, Felix Hernandez. Uh, he's coming up this year for sure, it sounds like. He's going to be an absolute star. Uh, I think Kalenic is going to take off. Uh, his ceiling is 30 home runs and an all-star, so I-, I think there's some money to be made. Again, high entry level, awesome player. Okay, before you go any further, I just got to ask. So. I'm a guy who did get do his research. I found out about the prospects. I found out about the rookies. Now, where, do my, where am I going to buy? What, what am I buying for this? So specifically, like what car do you buy? Yeah, like, or like, yeah, what brand? Like, where am I going to look for these? Yeah, I mean, again, so if you're in this market, you you already know where to go to buy. You just do. So you know you're going to eBay, you're going so to Facebook So if I don't rooms. know, then you're yeah, not going to tell me. That's why I said we're not going <laughs> to break this whole segment down for new guys, because this isn't a space for brand new people in the hobby. It really is not. If you're okay. going to get into this, Get onto Facebook, get into the Chrome rooms. You know, there's a bunch of rooms literally dedicated to Bowman Chrome or to Tops rookies. Get into those rooms. But if you're looking to really get into these guys and rookies and prospect cards of them, you're not new to the market, so you would know where to go. In other words, it was a terrible question. It was really what I'm getting back In to. other words, I'm going to have a lot of people on my side saying, why didn't Mike explain it better? But and that's, that's okay. fine. And I would tell you, <laughs> do a little homework on it then before you kind of mess with these guys. Kalenic, for example, his his rookie Chrome autograph comes out of a product called 2018 Bowman Draft. That's his year. J-Rod is 2019 Bowman. Actually, so is Wander Franco. That product is loaded. Andrew Vaughn, 2019 Bowman Draft. Easy enough stuff to find. You can't go wrong with any of their true rookie stuff because when these guys spike, if they do, like I think they will, it's going to be that same thing. It's just going to affect the entire market. Well, guys- and the reason I ask is just because these are essentially in the investment world, these are the penny stocks. Like These are the guys that you want to get in before they, well, bef- I'm just saying before they blow up, before they blow up and become like when we found Tesla at $17 a share and we decided, even though it looked great, we decided not to buy and we uh, hate ourselves for that. It was $13 this is something, a share. Whatever. This is mm-hmm. a similar situation where. No, it's if not. I, That's what I'm telling you. Why. This is not. These guys would have, to, these guys are all coming in already in somewhat demand. They would have, they're going to have to actually perform. They're not penny stocks. They're already coming in at a decent level price. So none of these things are going to go up 10x no matter how well they perform. Any one of the guys I just named could come in and have an unbelievable start to the season. It's not going to be a 10x jump because guys are already okay. high on them. So that th- there is a difference there. Having said that, I like these guys as somewhat conservative plays because for the most part, they've shown they can play. Reasonably, they could jump 20 to 50% if they really play well. 
okay. they're not going to get crushed if they have a bad week because the hype train is so high behind them. So it's volatile, but there's not like the 10x out of nowhere. We'll do some shows on that. Like the third, fourth round draft picks, nobody's talking about. They come in and hit a home run. They jump up 20 times. These guys are way past that level already coming into the league. Cool. So again, 0 for 2 with good questions. Gavin Lux and Aquino, so two guys I don't like. Gavin Lux, I just think he's a decent player. He's overshadowed in L.A. I don't love the play there. Uh, Aquino for the Reds, I don't love either. Again, a couple of years ago, came in, hit an ungodly pace of home runs at the end of the 2019 season. I think he had 14 or 16 in a matter of a couple of months. I don't like to play now at all. I just think he. They, it seems like they've moved past him for whatever reason. I could be wrong, but you get down on guys like that, I just think it takes a lot to bring them back. Another guy I'm down on was the number one pick in the 2019 draft. Adley Rauschman, uh, catcher for the Baltimore Orioles. Stuff is selling for a premium right now. There's probably still some time left. I don't think his stuff is tanking by any means in the in the near future, but I don't like him to buy in right now. His prices are high. He plays in Baltimore, and although I don't necessarily tie a ton of link to like where you play, and you know, and we're going to get into that later, he's a catcher. That position historically has not sold really well. I don't love the Adley Rauschman play either. I would almost sell out a little bit closer to the season and walk away. So... Yeah, there you go. A little MLB prospect talk. And we will do deeper dives on some of, like I said, the way lesser known guys. And we'll do some of that later. But that's at least a little bit of an intro and enough time. Next. I learned a lot. Thank you so smart much guy. for all that. Wicked smart. Jerk. All right. Buy, yep. sell. A little shorter this week. Yep. Let's let's. You notice a off. note on our sheet. Make it quick. Make that quick. Here we HGA, go. HGA, hybrid grading approach. Buy or sell. Yeah, so this is the new grading approach. Um I buy the design. If you are wanting to get a card slabbed and graded because you are never selling it and you just want it to look awesome, they match the color of the label with the color of the jersey or the background in the card. Display-wise, I think it looks great. I'm a buy if you're getting it to display it. I am an absolute sell on it in the terms that I'm not putting money into it yet. I don't, there's no established resale market. Why put money into a card if you don't know you're getting it back? So in terms of, you know, so yeah, again, if it's PC stuff, you just like it, cool, but I don't know where this company's going to be in five years. Are they still around? Do they ever establish a resale market? If you're buying cards right now with the intent to grade and flip to make money, I would not go anywhere near them yet. Not a knock on the company. It's just a knock on the fact they don't have a market. All right. Trying to cross other non-PSA graded cards to BGS. Yes. So we got this question a lot. You almost read that correctly too. I'm proud of you. So yeah, guys were saying, Hey, I can get this card graded by, you know, this mom and pop shop company, whatever it is, GMA, some of these other weaker levels. Why don't I just buy that as a PSA, as a 10 in their grade and cross it to a PSA 10? Cause a PSA 10 selling for a thousand bucks and I can buy it for 300. Super difficult to do. First of all, if you ever were to send that into PSA, they're not cracked. I don't even think they do that anymore where they crack it out. They'll do graded card reviews, but I don't think they'll crack it out. I'm a sell on that whole approach. If it's graded by a lesser known company, there's a reason they're lesser known. People don't trust it. There's not a lot of integrity. I don't like the play at all. I know it appears to be cheaper at the beginning, but I just, I, I am, I'm, I don't like it. Not at all. I wouldn't try to cross it to PSA or to BGS. Nope. Sell. Third man on the show. What is this question? I know here? you saw some of these comments. <laughs> Let me just address this very briefly. Why don't you have another guy in there who knows sports? And then you have Jesse come in as a third person. I will tell you right now, we are already borderline nerd shove in locker 
type material on the show. We're talking about baseball cards. I don't need two idiots like myself, me and another moron talking about baseball cards. And then Jesse coming in with his wit and doing this round table. Well, you have something to say. And then he talks and then I talk. That's a worthless approach that has no entertainment value to me. And if you try to have three people talk over each other when you're recording, it sounds terrible. Not to mention the fact I don't really talk to anybody else that regularly that I would want on the show. And I'll save you time, and I don't mean this negatively, if I don't know you and we Google search you and we have no history of who you are and you're offering to be a guest on the show, it's cool. Probably not going to take up on it. It's no offense. You're probably a wonderful person. They're great guys. Great fellas. I don't see it happening. But that's it. So you're a sell. Don't mean to. So we're a sell. We are a sell on that until (laughs) it depends. You've been, your your performance this week's a little better. You oh keep on the uptick. You have been, you were brought on here for your wit. People want to see that. You're doing better today. I'm leaving this question open. You know what we're going to do? We used to do this on the old show. This we're is going to be, a, this. it's going to be no a hold. Holes. We're just going to hold this question. <laughs> You'll be, your, your performance will be reviewed weekly. I'll let you know. When you're going to be, when you'll this, be put on the this side. This is the worst buy-sell segment I've ever heard. Plenty of room on the bench for a fellow like yourself. All right. That was buy-sell. Thanks, Boom. guys. Encouraging takes. Jedi are being murdered. On June 4th, Star Wars returns only on Disney+. Plus. I didn't do it. Believe me. She was my student. Let me be the one to bring her in. Now she is a student of the dark side. An acolyte. Star Wars The Acolyte. Two episode premiere June 4th, only on Disney+. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car, Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Next, what are we doing? Mikey's take of the week. I forgot we were doing this. Super quick. We already gave you the take of the week uh, on Tuesday's show. Yeah, so are there this is just going to be, yeah, very generic. Uh, I, we're going to be specific about this next week for sure in the show. In general, though, I like the play right now of moving off of football and turning that money into baseball. Baseball has obviously already heated up. There's going to be more growth leading into the season. Football is naturally going to cool off in the offseason. I like that play. Turn football card money into baseball card money. The other thing right here, take of the week, and this is not new. I always forget to mention this because I take for granted. Everybody who listens knows it. We always say do research, check eBay comps. What are things actually selling for, not being listed for? But a lot of guys message 
hey, it says 100 in green, but there's a line through the price. So we know it didn't sell for 100. It was an offer accepted. Super easy solution. The number 130130point.com. It brings you to the site, uh, easy search bar, you know, 1997, Tim Duncan Finest. Search, it will show you all the best offer, actual prices accepted. So eBay is a valuable tool for this, along with all the other forums, but 130point.com is a super informative way to find what actual offers were accepted on cards. So football to baseball, 130point, take of the week, kind of, next. Thank you so much for that. Informative. Didn't even insult you that segment. I don't know what to say if you're not insulting me. Next, I'm going to introduce the next one because this is for you more. We're going to do a you talk, I talk here. The 101 segment. We haven't changed the name yet because we're not that creative. That's the tough thing about not being that smart and not being creative. (laughs) We come up with a dumb idea and then we're not smart enough to change it or creative enough. We need an art student in here. We need That should be our third host. Oh, God. No, (laughs) it could be our second host. Uh, So the 101 this week, we're going to break down breaking terminology, breaking info. Again, the the act of breaking sports cards. It's a huge thing in the space. Jesse is a little bit familiar now because of what I used to do for work. Jesse, take take the floor. Floor is yours. So this is kind of the idea. As someone new, uh, I think at this point, anybody who did not care for the MLB prospect rookie talk earlier in the show, this is probably the segment you tuned in for. So let's talk a little bit about how do you even get into this to begin with? Because a lot of us cannot go out there and buy a case or a box for that matter of cards. Um, and, and let me clarify, a box comes inside of a case. These are things that I thought a case and a box meant the same thing. These are different. Um, but to break this down, if you want to get into the hobby, it looks like breaking is probably one of your best options for a chance to hit something big without, you know, spending a few thousand dollars. Now, to clarify, Mike, correct me if I'm wrong, breaking is simply joining in on a group, whether that's on Instagram, Facebook, GeoBreaks, GeoBreaks or on Facebook, any other number of places, and they will live open up a case that you bought into. Now, typically, they will sell spots by PYT. That means pick your team. What are the other or options? Pretty Young Thing, if you or were familiar with thing. Yeah, familiar with so, a little, little hip hop history for you. <laughs> not helping. Um, so not hurting. They, they will sell these spots um, based on different different ways, but you choose mm-hmm. your spot. You pay up ahead of time or uh, whatever, but they will break up, open the case, whatever you bought. That's the, those are the cards you're getting. Now, right, so if Jesse that could came be into garbage. A, so if Jesse came into a break, just to clarify that a little bit, if Jesse comes into a break and says, "I want to buy all the Red Sox cards from the break." The Red Sox may cost whatever, however many potential hits are in that specific product that determines the price of, a, of the team on a PYT, a pick your team break. So Jesse wants to buy the Red Sox. They're $100. Every team is sold depending on their value. They sell all the spots. They sell all the teams. The breaker then rips everything open on camera, basically like a virtual card shop. And every card that has a Red Sox player goes to Jesse. And it's that simple as far as if you want to... I mean, have a chance to hit something big with sure. only spending, you know, maybe a couple hundred bucks or so. Or less. That's a, yeah. I mean, I know that I saw you selling some back in the day when it was like 30, 50 bucks a, a spot, it seemed like. Sure. Yep. So, I mean, I think it's an option. I think if you're getting into breaking or getting into the card market, I think that's where my first step is if I'm not going and buying straight individual Singles. cards from eBay or, you know, wherever else. Right. So just to add a little bit more detail, 
Breaks a lot of times will be done as I pick your team. They'll list out the product. We're going to rip a full case of this product. Here's the price for every team. Claim in the comment section what team you want. Another format is a random team. So there are 30 MLB teams. There's 30 spots. So the breaker says, I need to sell this case for 3,000 bucks, 30 spots, $100 a spot. You, and then he would literally just randomize using a, some software online, shuffle up the name, shuffle up the teams. Whatever you come up next to, that's who you get. That would be a random team break. Those are really the two most, most popular. There's other things like a serial number break where every card in a product, certain products will be numbered. Two out of 25. So a breaker would sell those by the spot. Every card that ends with the left-hand number being a one would go to the one spot. So if a card's numbered one of one, the one spot would get it. 21 of 50, the one spot. Again, two, one. 21, the one spot would get it. So serial number breaks are, are, are becoming popular. A lot of guys do things now called hit drafts. Again, when there's certain products that have a set number of cards, maybe a, a box only has five cards. The box sells for 1000 bucks. So what he'll do is I'm going to sell five spots for $200. Again, randomize the order of the name. The top spot, after seeing the cards, it rips. The top spot gets to pick the top card. Whatever card you want, you get first pick. That's called a hit draft. You know, there's good and bad with this like anything else. There's a ton of money in the space. So you've seen a ton of people come into it. Uh, when I was breaking years ago, it was a little bit different. You had to take on a lot of somewhat garbage, undesirable product so you could get the good product. You'd lose money here to make a lot of money on the other side. There's a couple things. This hits close to home to me because I like to be critical in this space because I was critical in it. So anytime a breaker is pulling a $3 autograph and celebrating and dancing around, look at this card, awesome. <laughs> He's a donkey. You don't need to waste <laughs> your time with people like that. Uh, anytime people take cards off camera, there's no excuse for that. Keep the cards on the camera. You should always be able to see what comes out. No reason people should be switching cards around. Check pricing. There's a million and a half different platforms and venues to break on. People should be competitive in their pricing. And if they're not, just leave. Shipping should be on point. Again, everybody makes enough money. The smaller rooms, maybe not. But even then, there is no excuse for late or lax or, or slow shipping. And if the people don't communicate with you, if you don't have the 10 seconds in the day to respond to a message from a customer, drop the room. Seriously, no reason for it. Um, other than that, I mean, just be selective. Find somebody you think is entertaining, which is difficult. Um, you know, I think a lot of these guys now have just gotten used to making so much money, they kind of get lax in their approach and don't care. Be selective, but it is a cool way to kind of get into that chase of it. You know, you, you buy a spot for 50 bucks, and the chances are you're not going to get a ton back, but maybe you hit that one-on-one Ted Williams autograph and you make a ton of money, or you, you know, you hit an awesome piece. So breaking can be a very cool thing to get involved with. Like I said, I still break and support the group on Facebook, Geo Breaks, cool place to break, but there's breaking happening everywhere. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of eBay breaks, I'm not super familiar with them. So I, I generally have stayed away from them, but well, and I was going to say, so guys, be sure you tune in next episode when we got Gary V on, we're also going to be introducing our new website. It's not yeah. going to be fancy, but it will have a number of things that a lot of guys want to know, which is where do I go for a decent break? Yeah, all, room the maybe that we trust? all the yeah. one-on-one segments will be broken down there with thumbnail videos super simple ex explanations and then links to preferred vendors, I guess we'll call them people who yep. I've worked with personally. This is not a page. We're just soliciting ads and bullcrap. people. I know I've reached out to, Hey, we want you on that website. We want you in our world. So when you hear stuff on the show about grading and you know nothing about it, great. Go to the website, sports cards, nonsense, 
dot com. Okay, I wasn't going to give them the site yet because it's not ready. But doesn't yeah, matter. That's Let the people know. There oh, you go. God. So all the one-on-one segments will be on there in some form or fashion. We'll break it all down. That's enough. Let's go. See, I'm talking right. about other breakers. I'm getting I'm getting flush here because so, yeah. so, so many drips. Why are you so red? So many drips. Mailbag. Let's here we talk go. mail. All right, we got a lot of questions. Uh, We're only doing a couple questions. this week. We don't have a ton all right. of time. The first one we were supposed to do this last week. Takes oh, on just, Vegas Dave's opinion. Uh, tell us a little bit, real quick. Who's Vegas Dave? Why do we care? I think technically now he's a sports handicapper better. Um, again, donkey's probably the most fitting term. Um, he's become some, so he'll go live and like show you how much money he's making by the minute. I think he's, yeah, he, he had a big thing a couple of years ago when he bought a courtside seat for his man purse at a Lakers game. I, in general, I have zero value in his opinion. He's made a bunch of money that, you know, so if, if that's your term to success and you want to be like people who have money, good for you. Uh, he probably has a few more bucks than me, I would assume. Although maybe not. I don't really know. Uh, he spent so much money on his purses. I don't know what he's doing. Uh, <laughs> give me the quote, though. The, the reason right. we bring this up, people wanted to know. He kind of gave a forecast on the future of the hobby. I know you've got it. Give me some details. There. All right. So he says, mark my words, the sports card market will collapse in 24 to 36 months. Let me just let's break this down. Anybody who starts something with mark my words is generally an idiot. Go ahead. Next. So 24 to 36 months is going to collapse. That's what he's saying. Re- Maybe. Okay, says, Remember 24 months me. ago, no one heard of the pandemic. So three years, we're going to estimate. Fine. That's cute. All right. Anyways, go ahead. Remember, it was me that predicted the market would boom three years ago. Do you? Is that true? Do you remember that? I don't, I don't remember. remember that. But anyways. <laughs> All right. He goes on to talk a little bit about how he's made so much money on cards uh-huh. He says, just remember 24, 36 months that I told you all this market will collapse, just like the subprime market did years ago. Oh, um, he's a real, a, a real estate guy, too. <laughs> he, he knows everything, apparently. Sure. Um, vision is seen with the brain, not the eyes, is his quote. What do you feel really? about that, Mike? Last time I had to take an eye test, it was with my eyes. I didn't, they didn't really ask me numbers in my head to display. Are you tele- uh, teleporting vision to our skulls here? Sorry. He just goes on at this point to talk about only certain cards are going to have value. 1% of the people in the world own those cards. That's right. So this is the thing. The, the market's going to collapse. Everything's going to fall apart. He quotes like these, the, the highest sale, sold card listings of all time. The mantle's in there. I think there's a Giannis, like the million dollar stuff that you read about all these headlines. So everything's going to collapse, but then well, only the 1% are going to make money. Well, Donkey, you think there's people who are not in the 1% who want a $5 million mantle card? What are you talking about? I, this whole thing of everybody's able to forecast the market, nobody forecasted what we would see right now. No one. Any, now, people had indications and they had feelings, hey, it's going to boom. Nobody thought it was going to get to where it's getting right now. In three years, I have no idea. Zero. And neither does anybody else. And any of these people who tell you, oh, I know what's going to happen. In other areas of life, sure. The real estate thing back in, what was that, 06, 08? Around 0809. Oh, yeah. So there were some people in the financial sector who were smart enough to look at a history, look at the indicators, and, and have an educated guess. Fine. There's nobody educated in the space like that because this, this particular performance in this space is unheard of. You have things like crypto taking over, I mean, huge portions of investments. That's spilling into this market with Top Shot. Again, nobody was predicting these things. People are taking money out of 401ks and investments to get into this asset field of cards. That's never happened before. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you in three years this is going to happen. I have no idea. The fact to think that 
to think that that guy has some clue as what this market will be in three years is absolutely laughable. Next question, because I'm getting angry again. Ugh. Let's calm it down. Calm it down. I'm banging the desk. Good for the audio. How does the team or city affect the resale value of players? Okay, yeah. So we touched on this. Guys want to know, hey, you know, I I like this prospect, but he plays for the Pirates or he plays for the Marlins, a a weak market traditionally. So back in the day, that used to matter. I would say, look at current examples. It has almost no effect. Zion plays for the New Orleans Pelicans, who have 16 fans. His market's huge. You know, the Grizzlies market in Memphis is not huge. John Morant, it's a good market, but it's not one of the top 10 in the league. John Morant stuff is absolutely insane. Wander Franco, the number one selling prospect right now, or one of the best prospects, the Tampa Bay Rays. If guys are talented and coming with enough hype, it makes zero difference, honestly. Not anymore. I just think the market is so expanded now, it makes almost no difference. All right. Uh, let's do one last one. So this one came from Not Instagram. on my list. This is new. Okay. No, no, no. Well, last week, I liked it better where you don't know what's ha- happening. I did, it, too. It, well, it you, yeah, spice. I had to do your job this week. That's fine. Sure. I don't mind. Instagram, man. Eric Wick 20 asks, when you give out price points to buy cards, is that all in price or pre-tax price? And this can be a big difference in price oh, when you're talking okay. about cards on eBay. Yeah, so cards on eBay. Yeah, so eBay now basically charges sales tax based on the state you live in. Um, I give them out based on just the price it sells for. If a card sells for 150 bucks, because when you look at the sold listing, it's going to say 150. That doesn't factor in tax. Um, you know, there's plenty of states that don't have sales tax, so it doesn't apply across the board. So when I've been giving prices generally, or not generally, every time, I just give you what I'm seeing for sold listings. Sales tax, I don't include because it's not something you can include across all uh, platforms. On smaller end stuff, though, it makes a difference. If you're talking about buying a $25 card and you think it might jump 10 to 15%, you know, Tennessee here, we got 10% sales tax or nine and a quarter, whatever it is. It can make a difference on big stuff too. You want to buy a $10,000 card? You're going to pay an extra $900. I mean, it's yeah, find somebody in a in a tax-free state. I think that's right. right. You rolled your yeah. eyes. No, no, no. I had to think, I think for a second. Good. You're right. Hang on a second here. Good what? news. I never go anywhere without my max yeah. size calculator. Oh, my God. Are you Don't 95? Don't you worry about it, sweet cheeks. I got it covered. All right. Straight cash homie. Yeah, again, we're kind of flying through this segment. We, we gave you some specifics on the Tuesday show. Uh, one thing we both kind of stumbled across lately there is a, I had no idea. Most people listening probably did. I did not. There's a ton of boxes and sealed sets on Amazon. Specifically, because we talked about Emmett Smith and we've, not that. These we've talked about, Jesse's there. holding up cards for those who don't this know. This is what I, I'm just saying I got these on Amazon. I'm just I'm happy for you. Know. It was a waste of money. Um, so we talked about the Barry Sanders traded rookie and score rookie recently. We talked about some of the Emmett Smith rookies really going through the roof. If you're paying attention to 1989 Troy Aikman stuff, Single side of things have gone absolutely insane with some of those uh, older football players. You can still get the sealed sets and boxes even on Amazon for cheaper than the cost of one of those cards popping as a PSA 9 or 10. Uh, I didn't get super specific with it, but if you just do a quick search on Amazon, look at some of the sets and some of the boxes they have for sale and just do a quick search on the singles, specifically the rookies coming out of there and what they're selling for. There's actually a market there. I think somebody can go on there and make some money if you spend a little time. All right. You know what I have next on mine? Jesse's intelligence segment here. I don't know what you're talking it, about this week. I'm nonsense. excited for it, though. Oh, dear Lord. Jesse, that's right. his nonsense segment. I got, I got like two minutes here. So Seems long. Doge coin. Who's in? You guys in? It's pronounced Doge? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I was Doge. I have no idea. I mean, I, I don't know. 
Does Miyagi style, know? like a dojo. All right, Doge coin. Bottom two line. Two minutes. Two minutes the, starts now. I feel like a lot of the guys who are watching this podcast for the first time are getting into the pod, are getting into the the card market because they see what everybody else is seeing. It's skyrocketing. It's the same type of mentality as far as investors go with getting into any new hot prospect. And I don't know about you guys, but as soon as I heard a few weeks ago that every time Elon Musk tweets out something, it starts skyrocketing. I immediately started following him. And Dogecoin was one of those things where I was like, all right, I, I'm a, I, I will get in. It's, it's worth, right now, it's worth like four cents uh, per coin. Uh, can you imagine Bitcoin when it was worth four cents a coin buying in then? I think it's the, 36,000 as of today. Yeah. So bottom line is it, it has definitely peaked um, all-time highs in the last you know, few days. However, I want to know, and you know, feel free to leave a comment, share with, share with us what you think. I think it's still not a bad time to get into it because you're risking very little for a very huge reward because the guy who made Dogecoin essentially copied Bitcoin. He freely admits he took, he took the scripting, like the coding for Bitcoin. He hit control F to find every mention of Bitcoin and he replaced it with Dogecoin. And it started out as just like a, just a funny thing to be out there in the world of cryptocurrency. However, at this point, there's so much FOMO about missing out on Ethereum, missing out on Bitcoin, that guys are looking for those tiny little, very low value coins out there. What could be worth something? Am I saying that there's actually any intrinsic value to Dogecoin? No. But Not with they, any crypto. No, the investor or the the creator himself doesn't think there's actually value in the sense of you know being a uh, currency toppling uh, monetary fund. This is something used as goodwill. It's used for fun, but it can also still be used for actual currency as far as you know buying goods and services across the world. So that being said, I think Dogecoin is a buy. This is Jesse's buy sell segment. Dogecoin, buy it. Put it away and don't think about it again. And who knows, by the time you're 20 years older from now, maybe you're looking up $200 million houses because that's what happened with your Bitcoin investment or you wish had happened. So, so you're you big on that. Okay. Uh, well, just, just because we're talking nonsense, I moved all of my Ethereum in the past two days. I had a lot of money in there. <laughs> I moved 50%. On at fifteen twenty, which I was excited, made me a bunch of money. I moved the rest yesterday because I thought there's no way it's going to get above sixteen fifty, which it didn't. Oh, sixteen forty after commissions and stuff. Uh, I made a lot of money. I was a little bit early. Wouldn't have minded holding just a little bit longer. I keep reading. Everybody says that the way it's being traded right now looks like it's going towards two thousand. I think but that who too. Knows? I'm actually waiting on the dip because I had like, well. I don't know if we're supposed to talk. I always say I like to talk specifics. I don't always Let's like not to talk specifics. specifics. Yeah. I had 50 grand in there, though. I was pretty Shut excited about up, it. And I was going to leave it. To, I was going to oh. leave it to two or 3,000 like a donkey. I, you know, I did this because oh, you, God. you always sell out early and always make yeah. the wrong move. And I thought, True. statistically, <laughs> this dude has to be right one time. No. No. You're laughing. You, and it you are laughing yeah. because you enjoy the misery here. You like it a little bit, and you should. Oh, yeah. I saw Mike make money with cards. Now he's got this fluke podcast. If I didn't you do it, where would it. the content be for this segment? You have nothing to say. You're welcome. I'm going to say right now, that, 
that 50 would have looked a lot better had I held it till it hit two grand. <laughs> as soon as this thing dips, I am jumping back in like a maniac. That was a good right. segment. I liked it. Next That's week, fun. I want to hear some more Top Shot. I want an update. I want All something right. next week for it. Uh, Gary V will about, be on. We'll talk with him. Yeah, I want to get his opinion too. He, we had a lot of the guys who had mentioned like it's still in the beta phase. I don't know what that actually means, but it's still small, I guess. So uh, I'd be curious to see kind of week to week, a little check-in on that. We're going to end on this note. A couple of weekly pickups. I like to just do this just because I, I like to do it. Uh, a card I've been kind of picking up lately, if I can find it cheap enough, 1990, I think it's 1990. It might be 18. Yeah, it's 1990. Flare update, Emmett Smith, PSA 10. His supplemental stuff is crazy high. I thought this was a good value for the price, hovering under 300 bucks. Um, the MJ, I think we told some of you guys, especially on the private forums, which I forgot to mention earlier, the Facebook group literally got about 1,000 members this week. It's new, but the Facebook group is an awesome forum. There's a bunch of actual educated guys in there, people I've worked with in the hobby. It's a free reign forum. Come in there with questions, All this, anything you want to post. What should I do here? Who's hot? Who's not? Whatever. Uh, Sports Cards Nonsense on Facebook is a great place for it. And on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram. Make sure you follow it everywhere. And of course, listen to the podcast here on Spotify or wherever else. But the Facebook group specifically, because of that forum-like setup, is awesome for that stuff. Uh, We bought, me and my business partner bought a PSA 9 Michael Jordan rookie. He picked it up in person for $50,000, which was my single biggest purchase uh, for a single card. Now I know where that Ethereum money went. No, this was before that. So we've done deals bigger than that, but never for an individual card. And then those auctions popped off at over 700 with the seller premium for the PSA 10s. We were able to sell that card for 70 grand. The biggest individual card sale. We've sold lots bigger than that or lots of cases bigger than that, but never a single card. Um, it's a weird market. It used to be crazy tough to move high, high on stuff like that. You had to go to an auction house. The amount of private buyers out for that stuff is nuts. The other pickup, which will be on the wall, which eventually we're going to we're gonna just scroll this room. I've got the framed out full-size Brady jersey autograph. Right next to that will be an oil painting by a guy, Justin Ferrano. He does sports action shots. I really like this thing. It's going on the wall next to it. It's autographed. It's hand-numbered. I have been trying to chase this thing down forever. I finally found one for a decent price. I'm giddy. It's going to be here just in time for Tommy Brady's seventh ring. Mike is so excited for his oil painting. La Dude, this thing da. is pr- primo. <laughs> And then last little thing I'm going to say, I was excited. Recently, two people were like, oh, what's been the response to the podcast? We've had a bunch of people reach out. It's been cool. I heard from a buddy I haven't talked to in like 15 years, my buddy Brandon uh, from, from Massachusetts. When I used to live up back there. I will tell you this. For those who knew us, he was Tom Brady. I was his Randy Moss. Unstoppable on those flag football fields of Lemonston, Massachusetts. Did we dominate approve, some games? I didn't Did we dominate this. some games? We did. <laughs> I probably am not remembering this right, but we had a lot of fun. He reached out randomly by text this morning. It was pretty cool. And then a buddy, Mike, on uh, Twitter. So that was actually kind of neat to see people from like my past. I mean, that was before I was married. So you're talking 14, 15 years ago. But it's been kind of neat to see What he's saying is continue to reach out to him. He loves it. Oil paintings and random text messages. I love them both. Last show note, Gary V coming on on Tuesday. We are super excited. That dude's, his word in this hobby has become crazy. Uh, so we're going to talk to them about some stuff. We're going to have the mailbag segment open up this weekend in case people have some topics they want us to maybe ask about. We're not fully sure how that segment's going to go. He told us he's given us 15 minutes, which I was super excited about. So 10 more than have I thought we'd get. Way more. It's about 14 minutes more than I thought we'd get. So, <laughs> But you start dropping Simmons' name. That's the only reason he responded. I started dropping Thanks, Bill's Bill. name everywhere. <laughs> yep. I even tell Hannah, like, you know, I work for Bill Simmons. Like, I know. It's enough. <laughs> we know yeah. who you work for. She hates so, you. So there you go. 
Listen, click, subscribe, dance, do whatever else you're supposed to do. Sports, cards, nonsense. That is also the email at gmail.com. We'll have some announcements about the website, which I think is really going to be a cool little tool in this whole universe and how to navigate some of this nonsense we talk about. This episode will drop on Friday. We're excited about that. Again, thank you to The Ringer, the producers, everybody else. I'm thanking people like this is our last show on the air. I don't know why, but anyways, (laughs) that's it. Hit the end record button. We'll see everybody next weekend. Brady, Super Bowl. Later. Peace.